Hello, and how are you feeling today? Welcome to Read Feelings, the podcast that will help you understand and take control of your emotions to create the life you want. I am your host, Stephanie, and today we are here with Tonya. Hello, Tonya. <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I am wonderful. It is a beautiful day outside and just looking forward to how the day unfolds, period, you know? You're lucky because you're just starting your Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself to uh, our listeners? Absolutely. Um, My name is Tanya. And I am in America. I live in Denver, Colorado, and I am a confidence and money coach, specifically helping women release their emotional burdens around money, debt, their situation with money, all of the above. We often talk about the logistics of debt and I'm in this much debt or I have this much money. What do I do with it? How do I do with it? And we forget about how we actually feel about the situation. And so I have been a fitness trainer for over 15 years and really loved being able to help others get healthier, know who they are, how their bodies work. And it started to just become a lot because my clients wanted to know more about how they felt rather than what I could do for their body. And there just wasn't enough time in the day to make that happen. So I really wanted to do a switch on helping people just feel better about who they are in general. And in the last couple of years, I've been able to do that and develop programs and become a coach to walk alongside women to to really bring in their fullness and their truth. And it's been a trip and had so many awesome experiences to witness breakthroughs for these women on confidence and self-love and forgiveness and then the way they feel about money it's it's truly been such a blessing to to watch happiness and joy come back into their lives and it's i love it i love being a part of that journey oh my god that's so good i mean from fitness trainer to uh confidence coach to money coach like you already have everything like you cover everything <laughs> in life <laughs> you know and it it all comes down to starting with the self too right because what i started to find out is that when we start working on our bodies because we know that they want to feel better they want to look better they want to sleep better it's all kind of right there on the surface and then we started just really working in and healing some physical things and it was so interesting how that actually manifested all these other hurts and pains and insecurities that had nothing to do with their physical appearance or their physical body or their physical fitness. It just allowed the dam to break so they could actually feel, like really feel what their inner parts, what their soul was telling them. And I just decided that there was a better way. There was a better way than breaking that open through fitness. And I still do. I still work with with fitness clients, but I've incorporated a lot of soul work too, a lot of mindset and really honing in on what that actually means. That's nice. I mean, I I understand when you're saying that it's really important how you feel in your body because I remember when I used to be a dancer and I used to compete in swimming so I usually have a different physique so from what I have in the moment. And uh, that really affects your confidence. And then I think the last stroke for me was, uh, I mean, not the last stroke, but, you know, like um, yeah. <laughs> that affected uh, my self-confidence. It was especially when it came to money uh, because... I didn't, I didn't really get an education about money, which I think it's really important to maybe incorporate it in the school system everywhere in the world. I agree. But, yeah, uh, it's like an everyday thing, you know, like 
you use your money to go to school, let's say, or even just to, you know, just to eat, you, you need money. And I don't understand why it's still not in the school, you know? And when I started living alone and I realized I didn't know that much about how money was meant to be managed, I mean, I'm still in big doubt about <laughs> it. Yeah. Still a lot of questions about, uh, about how to manage money. But um, it really affected my self-confidence, my self-confidence because uh, one of the things that um, really worried me, it was when I went into debt. And then, you know, like the, the thought that, oh, I don't have enough. Uh, am, am I a failure? Or, you know, like all of these things are really going into your head. And then at the same time, I started not to care that much about my own body because I was so worried about my debts. Does yeah. this happen often? Yeah, it's thank you for sharing because that 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 makes me feel that pain because I was there, you know, and it's funny you say that because like in the school system, they tell us, oh, you're going to need math every day. You're going to use math every day. And they, why do I need to learn trigonometry? And in reality, with that math, they really should teach about money and finances and investing and having that program. And it's way more evident now than it ever has been, because as our generation is coming up into, you know, later adulthood, a lot of times we feel like there's nothing to show for it. And so then those feelings of insecurity come in and failure and we grow up. We don't have these skills. We don't have these abilities to handle it emotionally. And society primes us that we have to do it this way. This is what success means. This is the only way that, that you're going to be able to afford a house or build a business or have a car or live in the part of the world that you want to live in or stay out of debt or, you know what, debt is the only way to go. And as a whole, it sucks because we're all trying to keep up because society tells us to. I mean, there is, you know, you, you think about our simulation on, on commercials and billboards and advertising and marketing. And it's, it's about, you know, we, we talk about the new iPhone, you know, I mean, we got to have it. We got to have it. That's the best thing that <laughs> it's going to keep me connected and this or that. And it starts to be justifiable because society told me and I don't, and I haven't taken the time to understand how I really feel about it and how I want to move forward with it. So then it, we're all in debt, right? There's, there's some way somehow that we've not had enough money in our lives and how do we get out of it? And it's, it's not so much, how do we get out of it, but how do we feel about it in the moment? Debt is not supposed to be our indicator of our value and our worth, but we let it do that. Like you just said, when you're in debt, you're wondering, well, am I, am I a failure? Do I even know what success is? Because uh, this is how I'm living. This is, this is what's around me. So that must mean that I'm a failure. Okay. To whose standard though? Where is your comparison, right? Comparison is the thief of all of our joy. And when we start looking for that external validation on what somebody else expects from us, could be your local government, could be your partner, could be your family. We all have family issues or challenges that we've tried to come through. And a lot of times that's where our deepest money can, misconceptions can come from. But that external validation tells us how we should act or behave regarding anything, but really regarding money, because it's a transactional item. We get this for that. We get that for this. And so it really honestly starts with where are you going to internally validate your worth? 
if it comes from the external validation, I really believe that there is going to be more struggle than needs to be, even if you're in massive debt. I completely mm-hmm. believe and have been a product of getting out of that mindset, even when I'm in debt, to know that I am loved, I am worthy, I am awesome, I have all the confidence in the world, I am successful. Just because my bank account or that loan amount or that student loan says a negative number, it keeps you in the red, has no bearing on actually who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think, really difficult to, you know, uh, think about depth and your own uh, value as a person in two different ways. Just because, you know, like numbers like your credit score your, your credit score is the one that it's going to allow you to, I don't know, rent a flat in, uh, like, I, I don't know, like in, in here in UK, that's how we move around, you know, like, okay, let's see if, if you can rent this, if you can rent this property. And maybe it's not even that beautiful, <laughs> But uh, it's like really small with uh, the important is that doesn't have mouses. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, (laughs) you know, like it's your name and your credit score that it's going to kind of decide for you (laughs) what kind of, you know, uh, living you are going to to live. Because, for example, in here, the... um, buying houses if you're a first-time buyer you will have to look for your first house outside london because inside of london or you know like around it's just really difficult to afford it and when they look at the number that it's next to your name they're like yeah well you can afford it in this area and then you know, maybe you live in central London and it's so difficult to reach it because maybe it's £400 a month just of ticket, you know, like to go to your work. And it's so difficult to just, you know, like take yourself forth far away from money. With that, for sure. I mean... And it's so interesting to see how that translate even across the seas, right? I mean, you know, we're talking, I know the situations that are here in America, but to hear that happen in the UK too, I mean, think about your credit store, credit score. They actually call it credit worthiness. So they're showing how worthy you are to have this or to have that in a generation and a time where we have the most awesome of amenities, you know, a house and four walls. Awesome. You know, working electricity, all that stuff, you know, and it, and it, and it really sucks and is sad that our worthiness is tied to something like that. So a bank or a realtor or the, the government, the society, the situation tells us you can't buy a house unless you hit this number. Or this is all the neighborhood that you're worthy about. And we start correlating our self-worth, our self-compassion to that number by what we can manipulate or barter or get because of a number that somebody else decided for us. That, unfortunately, is not going to change. That is the masses way of somebody weeding out other people of who might be best for this house for this car, for this whatever. How can I trust you to pay back the money? And that's never going to go away. But what can change is when you start to believe in yourself and when you start to understand the role that money actually plays in your life. And we're not talking good or bad here, but understanding your relationship or non-relationship with money or with that system, that's when things can go on a positive role. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you've seen your credit score take up 10, 10 points, right? If you're one that monitors it and I do, I monitor it. And 
when it goes up 10 points, you're like, you're a little on cloud nine a little bit, you know, you, you, you have that response to it, that, that almost physical, but definitely physiological, emotional response to it. But you take that same number the next month and you look and your credit score bumped down 20 points and your heart sinks. Yeah, you just did it. I saw that. You just did. It sinks into your stomach, into the pit of your stomach, and it feels like something is just crushing your insides. And to allow a number to have that much influence over how you feel about yourself and your worthiness in this lifetime, there's some healing to do there. And I did that for too many years. You know, my, my situations led me from never asking for help, never thinking about it, living on debt, living out of my car, not allowing myself to love who I truly was. Once I started to heal me and myself and have that compassion, it was amazing how my money situation decided it wanted to change too. And then I started healing that. And it just took me way too long, way too many years to, to build up that, that compassion for myself, not for money, but for myself and how I was able to heal from money and, and trigger away from money and not let it control my life. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners be like, but it does but this is all that I have. This is all that I make. This is how much debt I'm in. I have to pay that back. First off, I would love to see people give themselves compassion for having the knowledge to pay back that debt and have that responsibility that, yes, I did this. This is my doing. And I get to pay it back. I get, I get that. But to let it bring down that worthiness and that ability to feel unsuccessful in life, your debt does not get to have that power over you. And, and we can't, we can't no longer let it, it brought me down for so many years, the way I talked to myself, the way I treated myself, um, the way I treated my family members, the way I treated my friends, the way I treated life like it owed me something or that I didn't deserve it or didn't deserve what I really wanted or even knowing what I really wanted. And that's, that's the passion behind really helping people heal from that. And it's, it's a scary thing to dive into. It's scary to feel those hurts. You don't really realize it. You just know that you're in debt or that you have poor money management, but to really find the why behind that and heal that will change your whole situation. Mm-hmm. So this is like my genuine question, like at the moment, you know, like you were talking about it. Yes. And if you also don't want to answer about it, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But, you know, like I'm thinking, you know, like you're a confidence coach. Now we are talking about um, depth and how it is affecting your self-confidence and your everyday life, how people um, hire a money coach when they are on a debt? That is a fantastic question. And that, that cuts deep, right? Because mm-hmm. You know that you want this. You know if you're if you're able to recognize that there is that heavy cloud over you, and there's that ball and chain. I've heard it described so many ways. For me, it felt like a constant wind in my face. That no matter how hard I ran, how hard I pushed, how hard I went forward or wanted to progress, that wind kept pulling me back. That debt. So people will will have different ways of how they feel that money debt is really holding them back. So when you're coming into a place of, I know that I need help and I know that something could work for me, but I, I don't have any money to go into it as women specifically, what I've seen is, and with confidence too, right? This isn't just money, it's money and confidence because they go hand in hand. Women, 
don't necessarily give themselves 100%. We've got jobs, we've got kids, we've got husbands, we've got obligations, we've got um, other things outside of us that we are trying to make sure is okay. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about oh, you're in debt, why are you going to go possibly into debt more or spend your savings on something like a money coach or a program that you know that would help you? When you step back and realize that that is something that you really want, that you know that would help you, that you know that you need in your life, that right there is the scary part because you want it and you haven't wanted anything in a long time because you've been doing it for everybody else to work your butt off to pay off your debt, right? Yeah, that's for you, but it's not really for you. That's not your desire. That's not your want. So when you're looking to do something actually for yourself, there is enough justification and enough doubt upon, are you really worth it? Because, oh my gosh, if I'm going to spend this money, am I really worth it? Think about when you go buy a car. We need cars to get us from point A to point B. We've got children that we got to pick up from school to go to the soccer practice or the baseball practice or whatever. You know, we've got um, we've got the dry cleaning to pick up. We've got grocery shopping to do. Like we need the car, right? So it doesn't matter. And I need the room in the car. I need to have that additional space. And this is all my pros for this. So when we go to actually purchase a car and put ourselves into debt, possibly, um, because not everybody does this. Again, we're talking about how the way we feel about it, not the actual logistics of how much money you're spending. But when you go to buy that car, you've already justified how it is an absolute need in your life. And it is. I can't do what I do without my car. I, I can't. It doesn't mean that it's not going to continually cost me money and time, but we've become so good at justifying what we need it for, for everything else around us. So when we actually say that I want this healing, I want it for me, but I'm, I just, I'm scared to spend the money. It's not about the money. It's how you feel that that return on investment, that ability to love yourself enough and be worthy enough to trust that you can change your mind and you can change the way you feel. That's the part that we struggle with. That's the fear. And into that fear, I say, go for it, go for it because money's money. You can make more. A lot of people don't believe that. And that's, that's what's weighing them down that the scarcity, there's not enough. I can't make this work. I, and right there, when you start speaking that negativity into your life, there's no other way out of that. When you start to say, I believe in myself enough and I want to believe in myself enough to move forward and heal this pain, this hurt, because I'm feeling it. I feel that pain all day long. There's got to be a way out, but I'm scared to do it. It's going to put me in debt. When you dive headfirst into that, you've already started the healing process. Yes, you may go into debt more, but the way you feel about that debt coming out of a program or hiring a coach or the investment into yourself is going to outweigh any money amount that you're scared of now, but is going to have no effect on you later because you've healed that part. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I, I was scared too. I was, I was completely fearful of what was going to happen to me. And I've got several stories that I've always been taken care of, always been taken care of. I've never gone without, even at my lowest lows of living out of my car, not knowing where my next shower was going to be. I always knew there was some part of me that was going to be taken care of. And when you honor yourself, your soul, your wants, your desires, and you honor your fear by diving in first with it, just I'm going to hit you head on. There's absolutely no way you can fail. Absolutely no way. It's not possible. Yeah, it's true what you're saying just, because uh, I'm just thinking about uh, the time that I decided I was going to leave home. 
because I was thinking, you know, I'm a grown up now, and <laughs> I just I have grown up money, I have grown up responsibilities, I want all of that exactly. And I was just like, you know, like I want my freedom, and that's powerful hold on to that i want my freedom that's that's powerful so then i moved out right from uh, from my parents without really thinking about money and nothing i knew i was going um to live in uh, like you know like i knew i had a job i knew where i was going to sleep but i never saw it at the time we had the uh, uh, it wasn't called Zoom, but it was something mm-hmm. like Zoom. I don't remember. And uh, I pretended that my webcam was not broke. Uh, it was broken, and I said, "Yeah, I will make this test and just move out," because to get the job, I needed to make an oral test, which uh, I had to study for. It was like half an hour talking just in German, half an hour just in French, and another half an hour in English. And at the end of that one hour and a half, it was just like, I don't even know which language I'm speaking <laughs> now. They all kind of meshed together. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, you know, like a normal summer job. Uh, and uh, And I said, no, I'm going to leave, and I don't care how much money I have. I left with 50 euros in my pocket, a flight ticket in the other one, and I just went. And I said to my parents, you know what, I will take care of myself, just uh, ignore me, <laughs> for, and I will come back when I will, uh, when I have, you know, like, when I am proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, like, I left, and... You know, like, obviously, my parents were really scared, were really worried about everything. But, you know, I just said, no, I want to do this by myself because it's something that I needed. Yeah, so I wasn't really, I wasn't really worried about going and leave, uh, I don't know, in the street. And then uh, when I finished my contract in South Italy, I ended up in Czech Republic. <laughs> like from like everywhere else in the world, no, I went in Czech Republic. I went in Czech Republic, it was like, uh, I went to work in a small village. And even in there, I didn't have enough money, right? But I was just like, it's fine, I will make it work. And I had all of this self-confidence, uh, all of this self-confidence inside of me and after a few months, I was like, oh, I was still on a visa. So I was like, oh, crap, I have to go back to Italy. <laughs> so I, co- I contacted the company and I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. Even if I, mm-hmm. in my head, I knew I didn't have a home where to go back. I just continued my journey until I landed here in London. And was it a happy journey? And did were you feeling a lot of joy and excitement? And... It was exciting. It, it was exciting and everything. Never thought about money. Obviously, there was the sadness that uh, you know I wanted to prove uh, to my parents that I could do it by myself. So then you know, like I missed them so much and everything. Uh, my I missed my sister. And, uh, but, you know, just the confidence I had. And then I went into, um, I came in London. I started working as a receptionist in a, in a restaurant. So the pay wasn't that great. And then after that, the restaurant closed and I wasn't worried still. And then I went in a corporate uh, place where I had perfect money, uh, weekends off, so nine to five, and all of these good things. And I ended up in debt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about that and what we do, it's, you, you think you want these things. Mm -hmm. You think that once you have it, it'll make you happy. And then you start confusing it with what, like we talked about, like what society says and where you should be. And then your wants change. And like you said, you know, when we're, when we're all that age, like you don't think about money all that much. You don't, then all of a sudden you spend the next 40 years paying it off or whatever that might be. And you left without, without having to worry about it. And if we can start to realize that that money relationship is not really a relationship. It's, it's a way of bartering for things and experiences, but it doesn't get the power to tell you who you are. No, nobody, nobody does, but you start ending up in places in debt or it, you know, with a car loan or a house mortgage, or, I mean, even furniture, right? We, we buy a house, we got to have furniture. We got, we should buy new furniture. You start justifying and, and wondering what your reasons really are. Are you keeping up with the Joneses? Are you, is society telling you that by age 30, you have to have a white house and a picket fence and two and a half kids? How can you are have two you... and a half kids? <laughs> I, know. I don't know where they get that average from. I have no idea. I, have, I don't, I'm like, what, what happens with that? It's, you know, you start, you start really deciding how to match your life with the dreams that you're supposed mm -hmm. to have. And what I, I used to call it, um, I'm not in the right boat. Like I've missed oh, okay. the boat. Like everybody else is over here. They're doing this, they're doing that. And I like, I like here I am in mine. And until I really took my power back of saying my boat is just as nice, just as fancy, just as fast. I am exactly where I need to be in my life, fulfilling the purpose that my life is having at this moment and moving forward my whole perspective changed mm -hmm. and everything about it changed. And my boat is awesome. I would love for somebody to come onto my boat, but they're not going to be happy because it's my boat, but I know what I want. I, I, I got tired of hopping on everybody else's boat to see if that one worked for me or that one worked for me or that one worked for me or what's my purpose in life or, or what am I supposed to be doing? Or I'm this age and I haven't achieved this, but I'll tell you what, I got debt. <laughs> I have a ton of debt. I know that about myself. And so when there's that, that lack of self-confidence, that lack of self-compassion or lack of contentment and gratitude for the right now, you start to focus on what other things can define you. And so being able to understand who you are, love who you are, accept who you are, then you can really hone in on the powers that be when it comes to how you're managing your money, what it's going to take to pay off that debt, how you can still have a life while in debt, which is a huge one, right? I think we kind of touched on that before. It's like, can you have a life while you're still in debt? Absolutely. Because it's your life. You get to decide Debt doesn't get to decide. Now, I'm not, I'm not knocking any plans. I got out of debt because of practicing and budgeting and certain disciplinary. But like I said before, it took me way too many years on this straight and narrow path that I missed out on a lot of really cool experiences and really cool soul progressions that I'm now learning. And that journey has taught me so much that it's like, we can do that today. We can make that choice today to live our lives today and not let debt have that power over us. So can you go out to dinner or go out on a date or go see that movie or go on a vacation while you're in debt? Absolutely. You just have to take your power back on what you feel about it, how you think about it, and what is what you're allowing to affect mm -hmm. you.
And that is all in changing that perspective. It is about perspectives and who you are as a person and your identity. I love what you said because, you know, now that I was saying out loud my story um, of when I went in depth, it's so funny because I went into this corporate place and, you know, like it's a famous building uh, and here in London people are just like, you know, sometimes they stop by and take pictures of the building um i know a lot of people they they think it's cool where i'm working and uh, when i get to when i got to know the people that are living in, like are working in there i was i was like oh but you do my same job so i guess you get my same amount of money every month how can you go on holidays Five times a week, uh, five times a month, uh, like, no, not five times a month. Oh my God. <laughs> five, five times. <laughs> like they'd never be at work. <laughs> like five times um, a year. Have, uh, I don't know, freshness every time. Go to the, um, you know, to the beautician and have all of these wonderful things. But I don't get that. Like we have for sure the same amount of money, right? And then mm-hmm. while I was talking to some of them, I realized they were living out of credit cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's... Yeah, that's and that's... <laughs> yeah, that comparison. You start seeing that. You start, you start developing this enviness and this jealousy and this toxic, like, oh, you see their highlight mm-hmm. reel enter social media, you see their highlight reel and you're like, that looks so great. That looks so nice. And then you find out the truth that possibly them using all their credit cards and going deeper and going deeper and going deeper. They're trying to find something that gives them joy. They're trying to get that external validation, right? They're trying to get somebody else to tell them it's okay. So then they don't have to deal with this nagging, elephant in the room and this ball and chain of dead it's like if i don't look at it it's not there if i don't look at it it doesn't affect me if i don't look at it i'll just ignore it and then there's so many logistical things that can happen and it's so interesting how that thought process continues to to hurt us on an emotional level and an intellectual level and a physical level. I mean, you watch these people that get sick. You can get sick from debt. You can. It's a it's a road to absolutely that debt, that weight on you, that pressure causes stress. And that stress, if you're not dealing with it, if you are ignoring it, it can absolutely wreak havoc on your life. How many arguments have you had with your loved ones over debt? How many arguments have you had over overpaying for something or underpaying for something? How many arguments have you had just because you had arguments? Does that stem from possibly the, abil- the, the fact that you're in debt, that there are always money struggles? The biggest reason why people get divorced is because they have different money views or they have different money perspectives or it's over their financial situation. I- I've heard that a million times from people in my life or research that I've seen and research that I've read through. So it's the way that people are, are perceiving that money situation that causes stress, that fights with your family, fights with your husband, um, the way you treat yourself, the way you talk to yourself, all of that stress manifests in health problems. And you will develop health problems. You may not be able to see that that was the root cause, but it absolutely can put that pressure on to make you sick. Mm-hmm. And, and and most anything can it can be it can be tracked back to the stress that it's causing. And then what's the root of that stress, and how do we deal with it? And a lot of times that's too painful. It's too painful to ask people to dive into their pain but it is completely courageous to be vulnerable and talk about what is hurting you, how you feel about something and being honored for that. You know, I think we had it, we had another question about 
Why don't people talk about their debts? Why don't why don't we talk about it? Why don't we talk about our income? Why don't we oh my God, really dive into having these conversations? And we're mm-hmm. scared. We are scared that people are going to judge us for for what we've done, why we got into debt. You know, there's there's kind of a pride in like student loans be like, well, I have a big student loan debt and I have my degree, you know, and then they ask you what your degree's in. It's not what they're working in. And there's a lot of shame yeah. in that. There's so much shame that we are going to be judged. People are going to envy us. People are going to um, change the way they think about us because of our money situation and how we feel about it. Um, and not even how we feel about it, really, just how it's perceived to our outside world. Again, we're looking for that external validation. So if somebody can be vulnerable and say, you know what, I'm five figures in debt and I don't know why. I don't know what I bought with it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I have so much shame and guilt. And then when somebody else is like, I hear you, I was there or I, I bet that hurts. I bet that that is tearing you apart. Then you feel like you have a comrade, right? You have, you feel like you, you can build companionship, but then in the back of your mind, you're always worrying about, well, God, they're living on the edge, aren't they? I mean, that's, or in reality, if we were to talk about it, if we were to open up about what our situation is or how we feel about it, I think we'd get a lot of me too. I, I hear you mm-hmm. like, oh, you can't believe the fight I just had with my husband over over money and look what he just did. And that's not on our plan. And I mean, single women too. I'm not married. I don't have to necessarily have those kind of conversations, um, but I honor the fact that you do. And it's hard because I have those conversations mm-hmm. with myself. I have, I have those justification things with myself. I have those those fighting daily triggers of the envy and the jealousy. And again, it, it all starts with yourself and being unafraid to dive into the pain, to be vulnerable with your story, with your situation and wanting to get out of it, wanting to feel differently about it and see how, how you can really progress forward. I don't want to see anybody held back. Nobody Mm -hmm. deserves that. We all deserve love, light, happiness, joy, and all the experiences in the yeah, world. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, Jealousy and envy will just tear yeah, you apart. Yeah, I think it's just difficult, you know, like, um, not to compare yourself, especially when you are in in a really um, sad part of your journey, you know? Uh, yeah. But I think when... Like, you know, like you, as you were talking about, you know, being a personal trainer and everything, I think even that affects how at least I get to think about money. Because um, when I was younger, like when, when I didn't have uh, debt and uh, I didn't have to worry that much about money, there was this self-confidence that it's not about how I look right it's just like how about about how healthy i was and it's true uh not now that you were talking about that it affects um your you know uh, your health and you know the level of stress in your life it's true like um usually if i need uh something so i i suffer with period pains and the thing is like doctors are always saying oh you know it's normal oh you know like you have this so it's normal that you have this pain and you know what I did I waited until I paid my debts and then go privately to the doctor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in this moment I'm just like you know, like I was just thinking about it because my husband was always like, but it's your health. It shouldn't, you know, like it shouldn't affect you. Like I can, if, if this is really affecting you, I can pay for that. But even if he's my husband, I'm just like, no, it's my health. I will take care of it. You know, like it's so difficult to accept that 
you need help. And now I am I, I am paying my health insurance private health insurance and it's just like why did I wait for so long? And even like the smallest thing in you know like um I remember I needed glasses for my eyes. I was just like, oh no, you know, like, I still I still am in debt. And that's the difficult thing to move on from. It's not like accepting that you have a debt. It's you living through the years that you are paying your debt. That's I think what's right. really difficult. Well and you and you make a you make a rule for yourself or you make a plan, like a contingency. Um, me taking care of my health is going to be contingent on the actually fact that I can pay for it or, you know, getting glasses when I get out of debt. It's it's living when that then I'll do right when this happens, then I'll do this, then I'll do that. And it's, it's like, we're living on that constant tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. When in reality, like if you wait till you're ready, you're never going to be ready. I mean, how long have you said that? How long have millions of people said, I will do this when this is happening. And it's like, it's, it's the wrong, it's the wrong avenue to think because when you're constantly living in that anticipation Again, that causes stress, you know, and being able to shift that into the now, there's a lot less stress that comes with the right now and that contentment because you're not worried about the future so much, you know, and, and meeting yourself right where you're at. My, a lot of my clients tell me that one of the best things that they love is like, I don't get judged by you. I don't get shamed. I don't get guilted. You meet me right where I'm at and, and you love me and accept me right there. And I tell them, well, somebody has to, somebody's got to show you what that looks like. Somebody has to show you that there is power in right where you're at right now and what is needed right now and how important your health is. You have, just like you were talking about with your health, with your glasses, with that period pain, like you're trying to figure out how to justify and sacrifice for your health, which is the most important thing. Your health is the most important thing to you, to the people around you, because their health, your husband's health is the most important thing to you. You want him to be healthy. You, you hope and you pray and you encourage him to be healthy. But then we start looking at ourselves and we're like, mm, no, I'm good. No, it's, it's not about me. It's not about me. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be that hard. It shouldn't have to be that difficult of a choice to make. It's a choice. And I want you to choose yourself and choose what you feel like you need and what is going to be beneficial for your health, whether it be money, whether it be feeling good, stopping that period pain, whether it's being able to see for heaven's sakes, like glasses are important. Your eyesight is important. And I think when we start to justify those things, we start losing the ability to be grateful, to be thankful that you actually can see, that you can actually feel pain. That, And that's, it's a hard thing for a lot of, especially women to really understand. And taking that step and making those first choices to change those aspects is so important and powerful and then it affects every other part of your life it doesn't need to just go on to money like we're you know we don't have to talk about the money part of it it is just how you are approaching life and how you are approaching the way you want to experience life mm -hmm. yeah it's true it's true powerful. because um all of these you know like uh money and my confidence especially you know it was it was hard for me to understand that it's affecting also the people around me. Um, one of the, like, obviously the very first person that affected uh, my self-confidence was my husband. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's not, like, I wasn't, I'm, I'm not a high maintenance person, but, you know, like, I like, um, 
going out with friends. Um, I like uh, socializing, you know, like not, not really spend money on alcohol or anything, but, you know, just having a good day with your friends out, getting to know new people. And that's, you know, like you have a different vibe <laughs> in you and uh, a different type of confidence and my husband loved it like he this is what how how i call him he's the he's a man the man of the forest the same day (laughs) he said he likes me he ended he ended the sentence with i hate human i love animals You know, and uh, but he still liked that, um, you know, that part of me that I I had a lot of friends and everything and the depth came and all of this, you know, like socializing, um, having friends over ended for me. It was just like, no, no. you started sacrificing. Yes. And even yep, like, uh, even like cutting my hair, like, you know, getting my hair done. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, uh, you know, like, because I had my haircut in here and it was like incredible amount of money. Or I, I almost had a heart attack at the counter. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and this is for you to cut my hair and then you can do whatever you want with my hair. But, you know, like, it was a nice feeling and everything. And this affected my relationship so much. Like, it was like, oh, you know, like I loved when you, when you had so many stories about your friends, when, you know, like sometimes, you know, I, li- I like seeing that you prioritize yourself and your friends, and then you come back home and you tell me all of these stories. And I remember I used to go on holidays by myself. And, you know, debt came, didn't do it anymore. (laughs) And, you know, these are experiences that are making me grow and that I love doing. And when I stopped all of this, he was just like, you're a totally different person. I mean, he... He said, I love you because you're my best friend. But you're not taking care of yourself. You're not prioritizing the things that you love in life. What are you doing? I am the man of the forest. I love the animals and I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I started realizing, I was like, because in the moment you don't really realize that that's what you're doing. You don't you don't realize that you're sacrificing. Because you think because you saw your parents doing it, all of the people around you doing it, and you think, yeah, it's just a part of life. Yeah. Yeah, that's It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't doesn't have to be that way. We shouldn't have to sacrifice the things that we love and the the person that we love about ourselves, right? Like just because there's that there's that cloud, there's that number, there's that sacrifice, there's that and it just starts spiraling down. I mean, for somebody to that you love and trust to be like, I don't know what's going on, but I I miss that. You're miss you were so joyful and so loving of everybody around you when we loved ourselves first and that's that age-old thing you can't give what you want to give to other people if you don't really give to yourself first you've got to be the filler of your own cup you and your your spiritual whether you want to call it the universe it's god for me it's jesus for me to really fill my cup because nobody else can do that the debt can't do that it's actually stealing from me the way that I feel about it, the way I look at it, other people's judgments. I mean, and then your friendships suffer because you're not having your, your normal, whatever, uh, normal date nights or, you know, things with your friends. And 
And it just starts to be the stealer of your happiness and your peace. And what you said earlier, it's like, I was free. I want freedom. And I think deep down, we all want that. And the older we get, for some reason, we just don't feel like we're worthy of it anymore or we have too many responsibilities and there's too much demanding for us. And that's not fair. That's not fair. And in order to start to heal that, there's got to be some type of compassion for yourself to really meet you where you're at, right? Meet yourself where you're at, be grateful of that moment and then move forward. And how I work with my clients is that's the very first thing. I We don't necessarily talk about money first off. We don't necessarily talk about the situations that put you there. We have to discover a lot more about what's looking back at us in the mirror than we've probably ever realized. And that's what makes it so powerful. That's what helps us drive the rest of our decisions, the rest of our confidence building. We, we have to rediscover because it's always been there. It's always been there. We just get to rediscover exactly what that really looks like now in this life, now in our adulthood, in the pressurized adulthood that we are, in the society that tells us exactly what to do, what to think, who to see, where to buy, where to live, what to, what to work, what's normal, what's not normal. And it's always a good time. There's never a bad time to love on yourself. There's always a good time to, and whatever time that you're in, that's the moment when you get to make that one choice, that one choice that today's going to be different. I get to make that choice. And life is really beautiful after that. It already is beautiful. You just got to see yeah, it. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people forget to see, you know, just to stop and, uh, and look at what, what they achieved. Oh man, we all have a story and I love hearing everybody's different stories and, and they're all beautiful. They're all worthy to be told. They're all worthy of having that praise from not other people necessarily, but from yourself. Look how much you've been through. You're still here. One of my favorite quotes ever is I did not come this far to come this far. And with a lot of my trauma and my past experiences, I often wondered, well, why in the world am I going through this? Why am I here? Why is, why am I still waking up every day? And my answer is because you get to wake up every day. It's another opportunity to be the person that you were always meant to be and to help others know that they are worthy of that next day as well. And, and that just drives such, such passion for me to be there for others, to help others, to support. I am your support 100%. And it's such a beautiful, my journey is tough, but it's a beautiful way to continue through life for sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's always really inspiring to hear other people's stories and how, you know, like how they are right now. Um, so if people want to contact you, do you have uh, programs? Do you have a website? Yes. Yes. Um, the best way they can get a hold of me is my Instagram profile. It's tanya.ficken or search for confidence and money coach. They can check out some cool things that I've been working on. Um, they can DM me I love your right reels. now. I do have <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I they're fun. They're so fun. I put so much thought into them. And um, social media is, is a newer venture for me. I didn't have social media for years because I got caught in that comparison trap. I got caught in everybody else's highlight reels. So um, coming back to it and I, I changed my mindset about it is a beautiful thing and it's actually fun. So thank you. So they can get a hold of me there. Just DM me. Uh, we could start talking right now. I have a couple of different programs out one specifically on confidence and really living on purpose. And then another one out where we actually start dealing with how you feel about debt 
And I would love to hear anybody's stories that whatever questions they have starting the conversation and knowing that this is a safe place with me, you are in a safe place. And I'm a very inviting person and I, I just love to hear, love to help. And so that's the best place to get a hold of me right now. Um, are they one-to-one -one, uh, programs? They are one-to-one -one programs. I do find that there's a lot of intimidation in group programs and there will be a group program in the next year. But for right now, everything is just one-to-one -one programs where you can be completely honest, completely vulnerable, um, and completely safe, just being safe and supported by me and by yourself. And that seems to be the most powerful transformations that I've been very lucky and blessed to be witness oh, of. Thank you so much for being a guest in our podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I loved our talk. I loved being able to to hear more about you too. Thank you for being vulnerable with me on your story. Thank you for teaching us a lot about confidence and also about how, you know, we can heal from our ideas about money, which is really important. And at the same time, really hard work. <laughs> yes, yes. It doesn't have to be hard. It does not have to be hard. And it's just a change in, in the perspective and, and asking for help, being okay with asking for help if you're not sure. So more power to everybody. So you can so you can all find her contacts at the um, down in the notes of the episode. And see you soon then. Have a great day. 